Want to learn how to see and share Jesus from all the scripture? Learn with us at the Christ Center and Clear Podcast. Welcome to the Christ Center and Clear Podcast. I'm Josh Redberg, filling in a day for our regular host, Nate Aiken. I have joining me on the podcast, Dr. Brian Tabb, interim president, academic dean, and professor of biblical studies at Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's also editor of the book, Five Views of Christ in the Old Testament, and author of After Emmaus, How the Church Fulfills the Mission of Christ. That's a mouthful. Did I get all of that right, Brian? That's right, Josh. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad to have you on the podcast. So explain a little bit of those titles. Uh, interim president, academic dean, professor of biblical studies. What is it you do? Well, I've been serving at Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis since 2009. Uh, I was a seminary student here myself in the mid-2000s and was was drawn to John Piper's teaching about Christian hedonism yeah. and how to connect that with uh, with preaching and teaching God's word and and serving the the local church, and oh, so I, I've been involved in in the classroom and in uh, administrative leadership roles uh, as as the school had needs. Uh, I've also done some church work on the side as a volunteer, and um, yeah, currently most of my attention is going towards being our interim president. Uh, trying to put the rest of the team in a good place to carry out our mission. Oh, that's great. Well, we're glad to have you here. I'd like to start, actually, now that we've got a little bit of what you're doing right now, tell us how you became a Christian. Well, by God's grace, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents loved the Lord, went to gospel-preaching churches, and uh, professed Christ at a young age, Mm. was baptized in middle school, and, um, you know, it's that, uh, the, the wonderful and sometimes, uh, windy road of a kid that grows up always around the gospel and the church. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful for that. Uh, feel like I, I really started to grow, uh, and, and, and put all the pieces together probably in high school and college. And that's when I sensed a call to, to ministry of the word with my life. And uh, that kind of led me how I, uh, in the direction I am now. Yeah. But yeah, well, it goes great. back probably to the, the prayers of my mom. Uh, yeah, that's wonderful. We've been, we just finished up uh, a long series for the book of Proverbs. And what you're saying there is so much of what we, what we saw in Proverbs about the importance of parents, you know, raising their kids to know and love the Lord. And so... Uh, those those testimonies are wonderful. Now, I want to so talk about both of your books, um, but the first one I want to talk about is Five Views of Christ in the Old Testament. How how do you get involved with a project like that? Tell us, how how does that project come about? Well, each each book has a story, and it they often start with some sort of idea. Uh, often they come out of the classroom like, oh, I wish somebody had a whole book on this, or <laughs> Uh, a connection or an idea, mm. uh, uh, a question. Um, yeah. For this particular book, it originated at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020. 
um, an Old Testament professor at Midwestern in Kansas City named Andrew King yeah. reached out to me mm. at the suggestion of my good friend Jason DeRoshi. I had a lot of editing experience, and Andrew had a great idea for a book. Uh, yeah. to do a multi-view book on Christ in the Old Testament. Both of us were passionate about that idea. Neither of us knew of a book like that. Yeah. And so that that started us on the, uh, on, on the process of developing a proposal, reaching out to uh, some people we knew, some people we didn't know, uh, getting a publisher involved, and then, and then carrying out the book over the next two years. Yeah, that's great. There, it seems to me that there's been sort of a, a renaissance in sort of thinking through Christ in the Old Testament. I know historically the church has done this, but maybe there was a, a period of time over the last hundred years or so where it was less focused on. Uh, could you talk, tell us a little about that? Have you seen something similar sort of historically with, with maybe a reawakening to just the topic in general? Absolutely. I think the last several decades have been something of a golden age of biblical theology. Yeah. So folks like G.K. Beale and D.A. Carson, uh, series like the New Studies in Biblical Theology. Mm -hmm. um, now, now you can get a Ph.D. in biblical theology at some yeah. evangelical seminaries. And that just wasn't the case 50 years ago. And so there, there has been just some, some really good thinking about how the Old and New Testaments fit together, coming from a, a lot of different quarters. I mean, in the early days, people like Graham Goldsworthy and some others at Moore Theological College in Australia, and then that uh, really started to take root among some uh, Reformed theologians and and other evangelicals in the states and in the UK uh such that um now we're we're sort of standing on the shoulders of giants uh even yeah. assuming a lot of these categories you know receiving this from our seminary instructors and then being able to kind of take it further up and further in to yeah. to to try to mine the riches of of the scriptures. But I mean, really, this is, I think, a recovery of mm -hmm. the, the, the coherence of the Old and New Testaments that we see modeled and expressed by Jesus and the apostles in the yeah. New Testament. They're, they're assuming that the Old and New Testaments relate. At every right. point, they're making whether it's uh, a key Christological argument or a practical guidance about how to live and whether you should mm -hmm. pay your pastor or how to persevere in prayer, or the, all, all those sorts of things, they're, they're drawing on the Old Testament scriptures for guidance right. because right. they believe that this is God's word and that it's, that it's connected with their, their lives. And so yeah. I, I think that... Uh, a number of scholars over the, this last generation have have fallen in love with those old truths and and promoted them in some really helpful ways. And so I'm I'm yeah. wanting to do my part 
uh, to that as well as I have yeah. opportunity to write. Well, I, th I think that's wonderful. I, I remember early on in my theological studies, pre-seminary, hearing a, a professor say something to the effect of, well, we, we just can't and shouldn't interpret the Bible like the apostles did. And I'm thankful that I, I don't think that's being said as often <laughs> nowadays as it was even 25 or 30 years ago. Um, you know, just instead, like, books like yours looking at at how the apostles did interpret the scriptures as a model for us, not as a, a warning against it. Yeah, something that was helpful to me uh, on precisely that question was a a a back and forth debate between G.K. Beale and Richard Longenecker in the 1980s in the pages of Themelios, uh, the journal that I edit now. Yeah. Uh, this is before I was editor. I was eight years old at that point. <laughs> uh, but but they're they're wrestling with this question of of should we go and do likewise? Hmm. Should we should we just believe the doctrine that we get from the apostles or are they also a model? And right. and there's com complexity about that because you have a, a first century context. They're they're right. speaking in Greek or Hebrew they're, they're, you know, most of these uh, these New Testament writers are are Jewish. They're they're dialoguing with ancient Romans and and Jews, and so the the cultural milieu is radically different than ours today. Some of the assumptions back then were radically different than ours today, and and so. Uh, Richard Longenecker in that debate says we, we can follow their doctrine, but they're so far removed from us historically and culturally, and they were inspired uh, by the Spirit. And, and so even though we wouldn't do it that way today, we can still trust what they said. And, and G.K. Beale, and I think others rightly uh, following him, ha have said, no, it's a it's a package deal. It's both right what they taught and how they got there. Yeah. Uh, and now we 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 may not have the same level of certainty as mm -hmm. Peter did on the day of Pentecost to say this is what the prophet Joel said. But w why would we look for a different model than the Lord Jesus in how mm -hmm. to read our Bibles? And that's yeah. really the burden of my book after Emmaus. Yeah. Viewing him, not only the the summary of the scriptures that he gives, but but seeing that as a as a kind of a, a faithful lens or a model for how we would put our Bibles together mm -hmm. today. Well, you say something interesting in the introduction of that book after Emmaus, where you say this book is not just another study of Christ and all the scriptures. So expound upon that just a little bit. What is the book about? If it's if it's not it's not rehearsing these same arguments, it's really like you said, building upon them. How does it do that? Yeah, well, it it does in some ways talk about Christ in all the scriptures. Right. Uh, I, I'm I'm wholeheartedly in favor of that. Mm -hmm. um, now, there's different ways to do that, though. There's books that would start in Genesis and look at the 
at, at the creation, the image of God and the cultural mandate and the, mm-hmm. the promise of the snake crusher and, and the promise of Abraham's offspring and so forth, and kind of go, go through and, and look, kind of follow the breadcrumbs, in, in a sense, right. uh, from the beginning. I'm I'm jumping in right at Luke 24, Jesus' last words, and say, look at this two-verse summary, mm-hmm. or the this four or five-verse summary, depending on where you where you draw it, of of how he puts the scriptures together in a really powerful way. Let, let's use this as a paradigm for then looking back and looking ahead. Yeah. in scripture and one of the things that Jesus is doing there is he is connecting this this hope for the messiah who would suffer and rise with this expectation that the nations would be included hmm. in yeah. uh in in God's saving work that that the gospel would go forth to the ends of the earth and and Jesus is is connecting those dots, and then they get connected even further by the apostles. And so I'm my my I think burden in the book is to look at Christ as as the sort of model biblical interpreter there who mm. fulfills it himself and gives us lenses to sort of see the see the big letters on the Bible's eye chart. One of the yeah. Uh, metaphors I use, uh, hmm. and and the mission to the nations isn't an afterthought, but is one of those big letters, right? In the biblical right. story, and, and so that's, uh, I suppose that's the 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 main thesis of the book: putting together Christology and missiology. Well, it's interesting because you have you have Christology and missiology, and looking at it from the Old Testament. And there are so many passages. That, I mean, you know, you can't walk through the Old Testament without seeing them everywhere. What would be a couple of those Old Testament passages that you think bring together Christology and missiology? I'm thinking Isaiah 11 and 12, just passages like this where it, like, how, how can we miss this? It's, you know, it was there from the beginning. This is what Jesus is building his argument on. What are some of those passages? Yeah, well, probably the... The one way back in the Old Testament in Genesis would be would be Genesis twelve and related expressions of yeah. of God's promises to Abraham to for a uh, an offspring for him yeah. uh, that that God's gonna bless his descendants and in you and in your offspring mm-hmm. all the families of the earth yeah. all the nations will be blessed. Right. How's that going to work? Yeah. The the rest of the story uh goes on from there of course. Isaiah is particularly significant mm-hmm. in putting these pieces together for the New Testament writers. As you see the especially in chapters 42 and following of of Isaiah with the servant who has mm-hmm. a mission both to Israel and to the nations. Uh, who then would suffer, and uh, then uh, his his offspring would receive blessing, and and, and so yeah. forth. So, so Isaiah is going to be particularly significant, which is why 
Jesus, Paul, Matthew, others are regularly saying, as Isaiah said, as Isaiah said, the Psalms obviously are going to be particularly significant for this as well. There's a lot about the nations in I, yeah. in the Psalms and some of the uh some of the royal Psalms like Psalm 2 of course connect mm-hmm. the sun with the nations uh you know that need to kiss the sun lest they perish. Yeah. I'm thinking so Psalm the, 96 too. Yep. Psalm yep. 96 is beautiful one about the gospel the the, the nations, the coastlands, all of these singing a new song to the God who, you know, delivers them and redeems them. It's really, it's all throughout the Old Testament. Absolutely. And, and somehow kind of in those, I think in the silent years between the close of the Old Testament prophets and the, the, the birth of the Messiah, the 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 conversation about the nations had had shifted a bit uh and, and part of that was that the nations had had severely persecuted the jews hmm. almost to the brink of extinction yeah and so the to to the the gentiles were being viewed more as threat hmm. uh and 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 there was, I think, some turn inward, even as they were negotiating all of these cultural uh, changes from through the Greek period and the Romans. And right. now you have Jews that are speaking Greek to be able to buy groceries and communicate mm-hmm. with their neighbors. Uh, but the the nations were were looked at with suspicion. I mean, they would tolerate them, but th- there wasn't a, a lot of emphasis in those intertestamental years on let's go to the nations with the gospel. Right. So what do you think, like one of our goals at Christ Center Clear is to equip pastors, equip Bible teachers, equip small group leaders to communicate Jesus clearly. How, how do you think the book, particularly after Emmaus would help uh, a pastor's listening, a small group leader, how would it help them understand and communicate Jesus more, more effectively in this, whatever setting, whatever situation they're in. Yeah, well, I I certainly hope it would. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three of the, the main, so what takeaways that I mention in After Emmaus are one that readers would, would see how the biblical story coheres and culminates in the Messiah and his mission among the nations. Mm. So there's that coherence piece. Uh, Then there's this, uh, I I want it to to move us to pray about how could we participate in Christ's kingdom extending work today? Mm. What is God doing and how how is that rooted in the the unfolding promises of God? And then I, I want it to motivate us to speak about Christ with courage and clarity as we see the apostles doing as they're filled with the spirit uh and according to acts 4 they their their opponents marveled at their boldness and they recognized that they'd been with Jesus that that they had that they were eyewitnesses of his glory and they had they had been taught by him 
Now we don't have that opportunity to, you know, put our sandals on and and walk the dusty roads of Galilee with Jesus. Right. But we have his word. Mm-hmm. We have the the full picture here that the Lord wanted us to have. And by studying those and and looking at how Jesus himself handled the scriptures and applied it to his own suffering and resurrection and then the mission in his name, I think we have a a firm place to stand to put some of the big pieces together. There's always going to be mysterious connections or 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 passages that just perplex us yeah uh even for even for biblical scholars and and certainly for uh pastors and that are seeking to preach through the whole counsel of god and and for lay people that are just open their bibles trying to get help in the morning uh but if we see some of the the big pieces in kind of where the biblical story is going that often gives us some help in working through some of the nitty-gritty challenges that we find along the way in reading our Bibles. Yeah, like sort of like doing a puzzle, right? Some of those pieces on their own, very difficult. Once you get that border in place, other things start to fill in. Then those, those harder pieces start to find you know, their spot in, 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 the, surrounding, in the surrounding pieces. I want to encourage um, people to get a copy of After Emmaus, uh, How the Church Fulfills the Mission of Christ. Excellent book. I think it'll be helpful to everyone who wants to uh, see and share Jesus clearly. Brian, the, the other book you, the book you edited, it's it's definitely a little a little more academic, a little more scholarly. It 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 goes into some some other maybe the fine tuning of interpreting Christ in the Old Testament. Doing a project like that. What would just be without us trying to split the hairs that are split here? Again, very thoughtful, very challenging ways to think through this. What are just some takeaways that you've you going through this project? You would say, like, if I were sitting down with someone, a pastor, we we're having coffee together, and he's saying, I want to preach Christ from all of scripture, I struggle a little bit. How do I get better at seeing and sharing Jesus from the Old Testament? What would be maybe just some practical advice you'd give him? Yeah, well, a a five views book is a is a bit of a it, it's a different sort of project than uh, a single author book arguing mm-hmm. for a particular thesis like like after Emmaus was. The the five views is meant to give a, a representative sampling, mm-hmm. a which gives fresh ideas. Uh, which which gives some hopefully some expanded view about what are some of the major ways that that uh, good scholars today would think about putting together the Old Testament and and Christ and mm-hmm. and how they and the the book shows there's quite a range on this issue. Right. It's not and so that would be that would probably be one of the takeaways. People would likely come in assuming one of the views or mm-hmm. being uh, uh, pretty new to the whole debate. And then uh, I think one of the interesting features is not only do you have each each author gets to set forth their their approach, but then the others interact with it. Yeah. 
and then they get to respond. And so you have a sort of uh, informed, thoughtful, published dialogue from mm -hmm. five senior scholars who have thought a lot about this issue. Uh, and and yeah. so I, I think there's there would be something uh, that that most thoughtful Christians and pastors and theological students would would take away from this. Uh, Absolutely. One of the one of the things we tried to do here is uh, ask each contributor to illustrate their view on three representative passages mm. of of the Old Testament. The sacrifice of Isaac in Genesis 22 mm -hmm. uh, and Proverbs 8 with wisdom and yeah. Isaiah 42, the, the first of what are often called the servant songs. And they handle those passages in some very different ways. And but but that helps it to not be just abstract in the clouds. Mm -hmm. But OK, what would this actually look like with with uh, texts that might seem obvious, like Isaiah 42, yeah. or might seem really obscure, like Proverbs 8. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I think I think people would probably particularly appreciate those case studies. Yeah, I think it's I think it's helpful. I, I liked as I went through the book, just seeing the different approaches. Um, I, 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 instead of just picking one, I, I like how it made me think in different categories. Um, so, so as I was going through it, it was less landing on like this one, as much as like, I feel like I can pull different things from different views and just, just help me have this, this, just more lenses, if you will, to see Christ in the Old Testament. So I think it's, I think it's very helpful and very encouraging, very timely. Um, for those who are who are passionate about teaching Christ from all of Scripture, good. Well, Brian, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We're going to give out a couple of free copies of Brian's book after Emmaus to the first two listeners who email us requesting a free copy. And so, if you'll email us at podcast at christcenteredandclear dot com, just put Brian's book in the subject line. If you're one of the first two emailers, we'll send you a free copy. I know it'll be a help and encouragement to you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We'd love for you to join us at our next Christ Center and Clear Conference. It's in St. Paul, Minnesota on Saturday, October 21st. The weather will be beautiful then, right, Brian? October Absolutely. in Minnesota, a great time to visit. I can't believe anyone would have a conference in Minnesota in, say, January. Does anyone do that? Maybe there's a famous one that happens every year then. Just We're doing one. college and seminary. <laughs> just just <laughs> those who are committed Christian hedonists. We're doing one, though, on Saturday, October 21st. We're going to look at how to preach and teach Christ clearly from the book of Hebrews. So for more information or to register, go to our website, ChristCenterAndClear.com. Nate and John Aiken will be back next week to kick off our brand new study through the book of Hebrews. Joining them will be Dr. Albert Moeller, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Christ Center and Clear podcast. If you have questions, topics, or texts that you'd like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at podcast at ChristCenteredAndClear.com. And please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources that will help you see and share Jesus from all of Scripture. Scripture.